Grayskill City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, you can do so by leaving a tip through Venmo at the handle Mystical City of God. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who have proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 329. We are reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 4, Paragraphs 448 to 455. 448. The Most Holy Mary replied, Behold, O Lord, I am the least of thy creatures. My heart is prepared for all that shall be thy pleasure, and for all that shall promote the exaltation of thy ineffable name and thy greater glory. Let thy divine will be done in me. The Eternal Father added, Let all my courtiers of heaven understand that I appoint Mary as the chief and leader of all my hosts, and as the conqueror of all my enemies, gloriously to triumph over them. The other two divine persons, the Son and the Holy Ghost, added their approval, and all the blessed with the angels answered, Thy holy will be done, O Lord, in heaven and on earth. Thereupon the Lord ordered eighteen of the highest seraphim to adorn, strengthen, and arm their queen for battle against the infernal dragon. On that occasion were mysteriously fulfilled the promise in the Book of Wisdom, that the Lord armed the creatures for vengeance upon his enemies, and the other sayings there recorded. Wisdom 5.18 Six of the seraphim first came forward to adorn the Most Blessed Lady with a sort of light, as with an impenetrable armor, which at the same time manifested the holiness and justice of the queen, so invincible and impenetrable to the demons, that in an ineffable manner she was made godlike in strength. For this wonder, the seraphim and the saints gave thanks to God. 4.49 Immediately another six of the seraphim approached, and in obedience to the command of the Lord, they furnished her with another new enlightenment. It was a sort of reflection of the divinity in her countenance, unbearable to the sight of the demons. In virtue of this great gift, the enemies, although, as we shall see, they came to tempt her, could not look upon her godlike face. Not being deemed worthy of this privilege by the Lord, they came also the last six seraphim, and at the command of the Lord they furnished her with offensive weapons, since she was to take upon herself the defense of the divinity and its honor. In pursuance of their divine commission, the angels added to all the faculties of the great lady, 
new qualities of divine virtue, corresponding to the gifts with which the Mosai had endowed her. In virtue of this privilege, the great mistress received the power to impede, restrain, and counteract at her will the most sacred schemes and attempts of all the demons, so that all of them became subject to the will and mandate of the Most Holy Mary, without liberty to hinder her decrees. And of this power she availed herself frequently, in favor of the faithful and of her clients. All these special powers, and whatever they implied, the three divine persons confirmed each one separately, conferring upon her gifts corresponding to the divine attributes, and bidding her return to the church, and by them triumph over the enemies of the Lord. 450. In parting, the three divine persons gave their blessing to the Most Blessed Mary, and she adored them in deepest reverence. Then the angels, full of wonder at the works of the Most High, brought her back to the oratory, exclaiming, Who is she that so godlike, rich, and prosperous descends from the highest heaven to the world to defend the honor of God's name? How well appointed and how beautiful does she advance to battle for the Lord? O Queen, O Most Exalted Lady, proceed prosperous in thy beauty. Go forth and reign over all thy creatures, and let all of them praise and magnify thee because he has shown himself so liberal and powerful in thy blessings. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God, Sabaoth, the Lord of the celestial hosts. Isaiah 6.3 And in thee shall bless him all the generations of men. Arriving at her oratory, the most blessed Mary gave humblest thanks to Almighty God, prostrating herself to the dust as she was wont to do on such occasions. 4.51 the most prudent Mary conferred with herself for some time in order to prepare for her conflict with the demons. While thus meditating, she saw issuing upon the earth as from the abyss a fearful red dragon with seven heads, from each of which came forth the smoke and fire of vast wrath and fury, while many other demons followed him in similar shapes. This vision was so horrible that no other living being could have looked upon it without losing its life, and it was indeed necessary that the most blessed Mary should be forewarned and made so invincible in order to enter into battle with these bloodthirsty beasts of hell. They gathered around the great queen in furious howlings and began to vaunt their threats, saying, Come, come, let us destroy this our enemy. We have the permission of the Almighty to tempt her and make war upon her. This time we shall make an end of her. We shall take vengeance for the injuries she has continually inflicted on us and for the destruction of our temple of Diana. Let us destroy her likewise. She is but a woman, a mere creature, whereas we are knowing astute and powerful spirits. We need not fear this earthly creature. 4.52 That entire host of infernal dragons advanced upon the invincible queen, Lucifer leading them on and challenging her to battle. As the most deadly poison of the serpent is his pride by which he usually instills his vices for the destruction of innumerable souls, it seemed to him proper to begin with this vice, outwardly concealing it in accordance with the state of sanctity, which he attributed to the Most Holy Mary. For this purpose, the dragon and his followers transformed themselves into angels of light and thus manifested themselves to her, imagining that she had not yet seen and recognized them as demons and dragons of hell. They began with praise and flattery, saying, Powerful art thou, Mary, great and valorous among women. 
All the world honors and celebrates thee for the virtues it sees in thee, and for the prodigies and wonders thou performest through them. Thou art worthy of glory, since no one equals thee in holiness. We know this better than all the rest, and therefore we proclaim it and sing to thee in festive joy at thy doings. By these counterfeit acknowledgments, Lucifer sought to excite in the mind of the humble queen haughty thoughts of pride and presumption. But instead of moving or persuading her to any pleasure or consent in them, he drew forth in her living darts of pain that transfixed her sincerest heart. Not all the torments of the martyrs were to her so painful as these diabolical flatteries. In order to confound them, she excited acts of humility, annihilating herself and debasing herself in such an admirable and resistless manner that could not bear it nor remain longer in her presence. For the Lord had ordained that Lucifer and his ministers should recognize and feel these acts of humility. All the devils fled with dreadful howls, saying, Let us away to the abyss, for less painful to us is the confusion of that place than the humility of this invincible woman. They left her, and the most prudent lady gave thanks to the Almighty for this final victory. Instruction which the great Queen and Lady of Heaven gave me. 4.53 My daughter, the pride of the demon, includes a desire which the devil himself knows is absurd, namely his desire that the saints serve and obey him as God, and thus make him like to God in this respect. But the fulfillment of this desire is impossible, since it implies itself a contradiction. The essence of holiness consists in the creature's conforming itself to the divine will, loving God above all things in obedience, whereas sin consists in deviating from this rule by the love of some other object and obedience to the demon. But the uprightness of the true virtue is so conformable to reason that even the devil cannot ignore it. On this account he seeks, if possible, to cause the good to fall, in order to satisfy his wrath and envy at not being able to draw them to his service, and satiate his intense desire of preventing the glory of God and his saints, which he cannot appropriate for himself. Hence also his violent efforts to fell to the earth some cedar of Lebanon and sanctity, and to enslave those who have been the servants of the Most High. With this in view, he exerts all his ingenuity and care, and often he seeks to induce his devotees to practice some of the moral virtues, even if only in appearance, as is done by hypocrites, and we have seen in the virgins of Diana. He hopes thereby to have his share in what God loves and desires, and to silly and pervert what the Lord wishes to use as a channel for his purity. 4.54 Remember that the byways, snares, and schemes of the serpent for the fall of the just are so numerous that without the special favor of the Most High, the souls could never know them, much less overcome them, or escape his treacherous plots. In order to deserve this protection of the Lord, God wishes the creature on its part never to relax in vigilance, nor trust in its own strength, nor ever be remiss in asking and desiring this help. For without it man can do nothing and will soon perish. What especially draws down the divine clemency is fervor of the heart and promptness in divine worship, and above all, persevering obedience and humility, which gives stability and fortitude against the assaults of the enemy. I wish to impress upon thy mind, not for thy discouragement, but for thy advice and warning, that the works of the just to which the serpent does not impart some of its poison are very rare. For usually he tries with utmost subtlety to excite some terrestrial passions or inclination, 
by which he secretly deflects or perverts the intentions preventing man from acting purely for God and for the legitimate ends of the true virtue. Since the cockle of some foreign affection either in part of the whole is thus sown with the wheat, it is difficult to detect unless some strip themselves of all earthly inclinations and examine their works in the divine light. 455. Thou art well warned, my daughter, against this peril and against the ceaseless efforts of the demons, which are more violent against thee than other souls. Let not thy vigilance be less than his, and do not trust in the mere appearance of good intention in thy works, for though appearances must always be good and upright, yet this is not sufficient, nor can the creature always discern them. The demon often deceives the soul under the cloak of a good intention, proposing some apparently or remotely good end in order to lead them into proximate danger. And thus it happens that, enmeshed in this danger, the men never attain the good which drew them into action. At other times he prevents the soul under cloak of this good intention from examining into circumstance, which vitiate the act of imprudence in the performance. Then again, under the outwardly good intention are often hidden the earthly passions and inclinations, which dominate the heart. Hence, amid so many dangers, thou canst find safety only in scrutinizing thy actions by the light which the Lord infuses into the superior part of thy soul. By it, thou wilt know how to distinguish the good from the evil, the truth from the falsehood, the bitter from the sweet, passions from right reason. Jeremiah 15.19 Then the divine light in thee will not be obscured by darkness. The eye will be single and will purify the body of thy actions. Matthew 6:22 and thou wilt be entirely and in all things pleasing to thy lord and to me. This concludes our reading today for day number 329. We've been reading from volume 4, book 8, chapter 4, paragraphs 448 to 455. Our reading picked up where we left off yesterday with what God the Father was saying to Mary. And so then we begin with Mary's response today. Behold, I am the least of thy creatures. My heart is prepared for all that shall be thy pleasure and for all that shall promote the exaltation of thy ineffable name. And then she goes on to say, Let thy holy will be done in me. And then the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, thy holy will be done, O Lord, in heaven and on earth. And so the Son and the Holy Spirit respond to God the Father with that. To allow God's will to be done, to allow it to reign in the hearts of all people, as it reigned in the heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I think, too, one of the things our reading always brings out is the prayerfulness of Our Lady. Her being at her oratory, her prostrating herself to give thanks to Almighty God. And that interior life of the Blessed Mother, then, is one that should, I hope, inspire us in the interiority of our life as well. And then we saw in our reading how the evil one, how the devil, was really trying to praise the Blessed Mother, but it was a false praise of Our Lady. He was trying to induce her to pride. He was trying to tempt her. But because of what God has done for her, she's able to really resist. It's like, 
uh, a bullet hitting a bulletproof jacket and then not doing anything. She's protected by Almighty God. While we want to praise Our Lady in a very worthy manner, we want to tell her how great she is because truly she is great for what God has done in her. In the instruction that Our Lady gave, she says, In order to deserve this protection of the Lord God, he wishes the creature on part never to relax in vigilance, nor trust in its own strength, nor ever be remiss in asking and desiring help. Without it, man can do nothing and will soon perish. There's a point in our life where we have to admit, I need God. I need his help. I must not fear to call upon him. Be resolute. Turn to the Lord and he will be near to you. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.